So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third, teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, or those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly desire the greater gifts. So we are starting a new uh, series. I think it's four sermons uh, on the topic of who do you think you are? And uh, I expect you're aware that that is a... um, a a BBC uh, television series uh, that explores with better or lesser known personalities uh, digging into their background, trying to trace back their ancestry as far as they can can do it. And I suppose with the sense of that, if you know sort of where your roots come from, that maybe helps you to have a sense of identity or a sense of belonging or 
uh, somehow uh, helps to know the kind of person that you are. I don't know whether that's true or not. Um, and one of the things they often sort of seem to almost to delight in is sort of finding a, a black sheep in the family somewhere several generations back or a, a skeleton in the cupboard uh, that the, the person wasn't aware of and is really shocked to find that, you know, they're descended from a convict that was sent out to Australia or something like that. Um, so that's the background of the series, um, Who Do You Think You Are? And this evening we're looking at being a member in the body of Christ. That's uh, an essential part of our identity. Genealogies, of course, are quite important in the Bible. Certainly in, in the Old Testament, uh, knowing your line of descent was very important in order to show that you were really a member of, the, of, of God's people, uh, part of the assembly of, of Israel. <coughs> Uh, and being able to show um, you know, what your descent was. Uh, I think if you look in Nehemiah, you find that several people are listed and saying, but unfortunately these people couldn't actually prove uh, what their descent was, so they were, either weren't qualified to, be, to serve as priests, because although they claimed to be from a priestly line, they couldn't actually prove their line of descent. And uh, when you come into the New Testament, you'll find a couple of the Gospels put... Uh, quite a bit of emphasis early on on genealogies showing how Jesus, uh, Mary, or uh, was her line of descent, Joseph's line of descent, um, in order to um, show that Jesus was a a, a real person, a historical figure. And and although we may skip over that and think, oh, yeah, name, 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 um, actually for many people that's quite a key part to, to cement in their understanding that Jesus, we're not just talking about an airy-fairy story here, um, somebody who suddenly appeared, but we're talking about a real person who had ancestors uh, had, and, and can, could trace the, the line of descent. So genealogy in itself can be quite an important uh, issue. The question is, um, when we consider uh, who we are, um, do we have a skeleton in the cupboard? Do we have a black sheep in the family? And actually the Bible tells us, well, yes, we we trace, as human beings, we trace our line back to to Adam. And Adam, because we're descended from Adam as human beings, uh, yeah, we do have uh, something inbuilt in us uh, that does actually affect our identity, does actually affect who we are, that we are are frail, we are, uh, it comes naturally to us to turn our backs on God. And, and so, uh, in that sense, um, we realise that we do have a skeleton in the cupboard that does need to be dealt with. There is a black sheep in the family back there somewhere that does affect who we are and how we respond to God. Uh, and uh, Paul puts this by saying, as in Adam all die, so in Christ will all be made alive. And, and that's one of the glorious things, I think, that we can celebrate this evening is that our, our identity, yes, uh, we, we have the shortcomings of the human race, uh, natural rebellion against God, of frailty, of death. Um, and yet, as Christians, if we are a Christian this evening, if, if God has called us into Christ's family to be members of his body, then we have a whole new identity Um, that is based on what God has done for us in Christ. So what we're looking at this evening, the body and its its members, is part of that identity. I think it's a very powerful picture, perhaps one of the most powerful pictures that we have in the scriptures of what our place is as Christians uh, in relation to Christ. So what 
we want to look at this evening then is what, what do we learn from being members uh, in the body of Christ? I had a bit of a surreal experience last Sunday morning as I, the sermon that I'd prepared for this evening, I heard Neil preaching back to me uh, from the pulpit on Sunday morning. He hadn't seen my notes. Um, and he chose the passage that I was going to use this evening from Romans 12. Um, and uh, his three points, the headings anyway, were almost the same as what you've got this evening. So I don't know whether you can remember what Neil said on But I think the, the emphasis and the, and the slant that I want to bring this evening is... is somewhat different, Um, and if God wants to tell you the same thing twice, then he must have something he wants to tell you. Um, So that's all right, I don't have any problem with that. So the first thing I think we learn from being members of the body of Christ is, I belong. And we can think of a number of different um, situations in which diverse groups of people somehow have that sense of belonging together, a sense of unity even within their diverse uh, characteristics and their their diverse uh, strengths. Um, You're probably fed up with Olympic illustrations, but Team GB is probably a pretty good example. You've got people who are doing very different things. They've got very different strengths, very different athletic gifts, um, and yet there's a sense of we're part of Team GB, and if somebody wins a medal in the kayaking, then that prompts the boxers to box more fiercely or something in order to get a medal. There's that sort of sense of unity within the diversity. But we would experience it within families as well, as, as, as earthly families. Uh, we're aware that you know, brothers and sisters can be very different um, and relations can have very different strengths, very, very different values. Um, and yet uh, a family unit can be a really strong uh, element because there's that sense of being... Uh, brought together, in this case, in a blood relationship. And as we look this evening at the body of Christ as a picture of the church, then that too is talking about diverse group of people brought together with a a common sense of unity. If you look at the very beginning, the the, the, um, verse 2 of chapter 12, um, I mean, sorry, not verse 2, the the passage that we read, uh, verse 12 of chapter 12, um, and you can see actually a sort of a, um, quite a common literary device in the scriptures where he starts with unity, the body is a unit. He then goes, but it's diverse, it's made up of many parts. And then he works his way back again and says, although it's parts are many, they form one body. So you go from unity, diversity, and then from diversity back to unity again. And then that brings us to the whole point so it is with Christ. So that's telling us what it is that binds us together as part of the body of Christ. It's Christ himself. It's because Christ has called us uh, into a new set of relationships that we have this unifying factor as members of the body of Christ. And the word ecclesia is what is used of the church uh, in the New Testament. That means people who have been called, called out, And so the essential thing about being a member of the body of Christ is that that God has called us into a new relationship. He's taken us out of an old set of relationships um, and brought us into a new uh, group of relationships, a new set of relationships. And it's quite different from being part of a social club or a sports club 
which we might join on the basis of our own skills. You know, I'm good at tennis, so I'm going to join the tennis club, and I enjoy playing tennis, and it's going to give me plenty of enjoyment, so I'm, I'll go and join the tennis club. Um, or I'm, I'm good at something else, or I enjoy listening to music, so I'll come, you know, I'll be part of a, a music club or something. What I can get out of it, um, what I enjoy doing, my gifts, my skills, my interests. But it's not, we're not called into the church on the basis of what we can give or what we can do, what we're clever at. We're called on the basis of, of God's gift to us, not what we can give, but what God gives to us through the Spirit. And we're given the one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the one Spirit uh, to unite us uh, and to be part of that body. I remember when I was uh, um, at school in, in those days, we're going back into the dark ages now, um, there, was, there was an exam that you sat uh, in, in the sort of private school system uh, called the Common Entrance Exam. And uh, it was the same for everybody, no matter you know, where you're coming from, it was the Common Entrance. It was what everybody took in order to go on to the next stage of secondary uh, school. And... Um, as part of the called people of God, we've come through, a, we've come in a, a common entrance. It's the same for all of us. It's not what we can bring, not because I've got special gifting, but it's because we've come through that narrow gate. Jesus said that narrow is the gate uh, that leads to life. And uh, it's only by, only by grace. It's the same for all of us. So we all come into the body of Christ, into the church of God, on the same basis. There's not one of us that come in, oh, I came in on a scholarship or I came in on this, or I came in on that. I got the Olympic A standard, you only got the B standard. Um, we come in on the same basis of the grace of God reaching out to us. And when we think of the, the sort of um, the unity that we have as part of the body of Christ, it's interesting, I suppose you've noticed, sometimes Paul talks about us as being in Christ. Um, but sometimes also he talks about Christ being in us. He says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? How, how can we be, both Christ be in us and we be in Christ? It's a, it's a, it's a sort of a, what we might call a, a mystical union, something perhaps we can't get our minds around, something that we actually express um, in, in the communion service um, where... Um, we say, often use these words, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ, is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. So in communion, we, sort of, we express that unity that we have uh, within the very diverse group of people that we may be. Because... We belong to Christ. We don't have a uniform designed by Stella McCartney or anybody else. Um, we are one in Christ because we belong to him. He is our head. So that, that's the key really, isn't it? Our, is Christ our head? Is Christ the one from whom uh, we receive our guidance, our direction, um, uh, it, we're, we're part of the body of Christ because we, we belong to him. He is in us. We are in him. And we belong to him. And although we're all very different, although we all have very different strengths, uh, we are brought together 
being united under, under that one headship of Christ. He is the one who gives the directions. So Christ is the key. There's, there's no other basis for being within the church of God. I don't know what, what church means to you, what this evening you're here for. Um, it's quite possible you may be here just because you enjoy good company and, and uh, you know, a sense of fellowship. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But if, it, but if it's not tied into your relationship to Christ as your head, as the one to whom you relate, as the one giving you directions, giving you guidance, then everything else is no more than just a social club, really. So we're called to be part of the body. If we haven't been called by God, then being part of the body is a meaningless thing. We're part of God's called people. We're called to be part of the body as a new creation in Christ, and then we're, we're shaped and empowered. So the next thing is we have a part to play. I belong, I have a sense of belonging under Christ, but I have a part to play. And this is largely what Neil majored on last Sunday morning. We belong not just to God, but we belong to one another. We have a shared experience, and we're parts of the body with different functions. And that's what Paul focuses on um, in this part of Corinthians chapter 12. The body is not made up of one, but of many. And the foot and the ear and the other parts of the body can't claim to have an independent existence. So we learn from that that I, I can't do everything. I have a part to play, yes, but I can't do, um, I can't do everything. And that is... Um, no, maybe Jess Ennis can do most things, but um, by taking part in lots of different athletic events. Uh, but for most of us, we have particular strengths, particular skills um, that God has called us to use. And Paul here is, is emphasizing, isn't he, the terrific range of, of gifting that needs to be there within the church. We look at the, the, the gifts uh, that he lists, um, healing, miracles, but also things like helps, being a help, um, gifts of administration. And he talks about the, the, hidden, uh, the hidden parts of the body being just as valuable as the upfront parts. Um, you may spend a lot of time on your eyebrows in the morning, I don't know, uh, because you know, they're there for everybody to see. But I, I, would, I would suggest that probably you're more dependent on the well-being of your stomach uh, to live comfortably uh, than you are on your eyebrows. And so, it's, you know, we can see from our bodies that it's, it's the hidden uh, parts that actually, in many ways, are the most essential to our, our well-being. And the other thing is, there's, there's no, you know, there's no particular kudos in having one role to play or another role to play. We all need each other. And whatever gifting God has given us, the important thing is that we're learning to use that uh, under Christ's direction. Um, and is there a difference between our God-given gifting, uh, things that we feel are something particularly that God has given to us, or we may have natural abilities that we were born with and have developed over time and have perhaps put a lot of energy and training and exercise into. And I think, although there may be, you know, that there are differences, yet God uses all of those. He can use our, if you like, our, our natural gifting as much as he can use perhaps a, a, a particularly spiritual uh, extra 
gift that he's endowed us with uh, in order to serve the church. And as I say, there's a very wide range of gifting here, isn't there? What, have, have you taken time to think about, oh, what is my gifting? What has God called me to? I think you know, maybe as a church we could do more to explore amongst us uh, you know, how God can show us what kinds of gifting we've got. I heard a good story recently, and Rob will have to forgive me because he probably heard it at the same time as I did. And this was about um, uh, military exercises going on, I think down on Salisbury Plain or somewhere. And it was an exercise, and the commander of so two opposing uh, armies uh, having an exercise to uh, fight against each other. And the commanding officer of one, one, one side said, uh, well, because of all the budget p- cuts, I'm afraid I, I, we haven't got enough rifles to go round for all of you, um, so I'm going to hand out broom handles. Um, but don't worry, uh, all you have to do, if you see an enemy coming against you, raise your broom handle and go bangity-bang, bangity-bang, and uh, then he, he'll have to drop down dead because you've, you've shot him. It's only an exercise, uh, so that's fine. And, oh, and, and uh, we haven't got any bayonets for you, so we'll... Um, put a, a, a ruler on the end of your broomstick with a rubber band. And if the guy really comes close to you, then you can stick the ruler in and say, stickety-stick, stickety-stick, uh, you're dead. Um, so they thought, oh, well, okay, it sounds a bit strange, but we'll, we'll, we'll do it. It's only an exercise after all. So one of, the, one of these guys gets, gets into, the, into the battle exercise, and here's an enemy uh, soldier coming up against him. And uh, so he sees him and he points the uh, broom handle at him and says, bangity-bang, bangity-bang the guy just keeps on coming uh, and tries again, bangity-bang, bangity-bang, the guy just keeps on coming. And um, then he gets closer, so he attacks him with the ruler and says, stickety-stick, stickety-stick. The guy just keeps on coming, keeps on coming, knocks him over back, flat on his back and keeps on going into the bushes saying, tankety-tank, tankety-tank. <laughs> but, uh, well... That was at Keswick. <laughs> um, what does that say to us? Well, maybe you feel God's just equipped you with a broom handle. Uh, and you really don't have much in the way of, of gifts that you can use in God's service. But I would say, well, okay, maybe you think you've just got a broom handle. Well, use it. Find out how God wants you to use it. And then you can develop it. And I think the, the key thing is that we all grow together. Through our, through our interaction, we gain strength. Uh, from one another. Just turn for a moment, this is the only other passage we look at, to Ephesians chapter 4, which is on page 1175. So it's just a few pages further on, 1175 in the Church Bibles. Ephesians 4, verse 11. Um, it was he, that is Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, 
grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So helping one another, playing our part, helps each and every one to grow and and develop their gifts, develop the ways in which we can serve God within the church. And notice that the purpose is not uh, to to show off our own gifting, to show off our skills, um, but it is to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the, the, the church exists as we grow together, young and old. I think one, you know, one of the great things like about Lighthouse is how they train some of the younger folk in, in leadership roles so that they can take on leadership roles in subsequent years and, and the camps and things that a lot of our youngsters are going on. Um, learning uh, alongside old people of more experienced people and experienced people very often learn from the youngsters as well. I don't think it's just a one-way thing. So, I have a part to play. What is that part within the body of Christ? And then thirdly, I have feelings. Our body has feelings. And I thought about this. I was thinking, well, you know, within within the body, it's it's not just all from the head uh, to the parts of the body. We feed back to the head as well. If your finger touches something hot, sends a message to the head, and the head then sends a message either to the muscles in the arm to say, take your arm back. And this to me sort of is a, is a, is a picture of our relationship uh, to Christ. Uh, it helped me to think a little bit about what prayer is. Um, as, as we relate to one another, as we relate to the world around us, as parts of the body of Christ, we may be aware of other people hurting, uh, and we, we, rela- we relate that back to the head, to Christ, and say, look, here is somebody who's hurting. Is it for me to do something about it? Are you, or, or will you uh, mobilize another part of the body in order to, to deal and help in this situation? So we have this sort of two-way um, communication. The Bible tells us to, to, to bear one another's burdens. And each belongs to all the others. The passage in Romans says, uh, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with, with one another. Um, so we, we need that horizontal awareness, knowing what, how other parts of the body are feeling, uh, if they're hurting, um, if they're rejoicing, um, but also that open channel to the head, to Christ, so that as we respond to what is going on around us, we can bring those situations, we can bring those people uh, to our gracious God, to the head, to Christ, and ask him to put things into action um, and to, to uh, address that situation. So we need that, that horizontal awareness and we need that upward open channel. So I would say then that, that being a member in the body of Christ is not so much... Um, Perhaps, what, what can I do? What, 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 uh, but perhaps more, how do I relate to those around me? How do I support the body? How do I encourage uh, the body to act um, effectively? And I think that in, in our relationships uh, with one another, we can very much demonstrate the transforming power of Christ. How, how we respond to situations around us 
how we see things either in the world around us, sort of the external uh, impact, um, or, or within the body of Christ, how we see people uh, maybe hurting, maybe rejoicing, um, and how we relate that to the head and, and, and see his viewpoint on what uh, action needs to be taken uh, what attitudes need to be expressed, then that can be a real demonstration of how uh, God can use a diverse group of people working together um, in unity because we are all relating to the head and bringing things to him in prayer. And uh, it's how we, how we do that, I think, that can be a great witness uh, to other people around us. So, let's uh, conclude. Who do you think you are? Or maybe a better question is, who does God think you are? Um, I don't know. If, if, if all this seems quite strange to you, then let me encourage you to explore your relationship with Christ. Um, being able to relate to the head. As I say, church is not just a, a social club that you join on the basis of your interests. Um, but it's being a member of the body of Christ and relating to Christ as the one who guides you and gives you direction, knowing where you really belong within the family of God. And let me encourage you to do whatever you need to do uh, to find that relationship. And if you are a Christian, then you will know what it means to be taken out of darkness and brought into God's kingdom of light. And, uh, or from following, a, getting stuck in a, a dead end, a cul-de-sac, and finding yourself on the path uh, to life, which has uh, a goal, a pilgrimage, and you know where you're going, you know where you're heading. And knowing that inherited damage from the past as a child of Adam has been put right because you're also a child of God. And that's your identity the skeleton in the cupboard is no more, is dealt with. And through Christ you are remade. New relationships are formed, new relationships with God, an open relationship with God, a new relationship with fellow Christians, with those around you, and also a new relationship with those as yet outside the kingdom of God uh, as you're transformed and used by God. So, Let's not be complacent. Let, let's not think, oh, I'm part of the body of Christ, so that's fine. I was just thinking, you know, even just a few weeks ago, um, people were not sure whether they were going to be part of Team GB, whether they were actually going to be part of the athletic squad or, or, or the um, uh, judo squad. Um, and when people were found, yes, you have been chosen to be part of Team GB, did they then just sit back and say, oh, whew, that's the end of that then, thank you. Um, I'm part of the team. No, that was a spur to say, well, okay, now I've got to deliver the goods. Now I've got to go on and show that I really am part of Team GB, part of that team. So being called by God into his church, being called to be a member of the body of Christ is great and essential. You can't, uh, you know, you can't take part in the body of Christ if that hasn't happened. But it isn't the end. It's the beginning of using your gifts, of seeking what God wants you to do. So I need to learn, it's a learning experience. I need to know that I belong, 
to learn where my directions come from, to learn that I have a part to play and perhaps explore a bit more. I'm convinced that if God, God gifts us in different ways, but that's not necessarily for all time. And I think as, as, our, as our, I'm, I'm sure, as our, as our ages mature, God maybe opens up different giftings and a different part to play in the life of the church. It's not going to be the same for all time. So, okay, maybe in the past you've realised where your strengths lie, but have you re-explored that and thought, well, maybe there are other things, maybe there are new things. I have a part to play and I have feelings. I learn to build supportive relationships within the body of Christ and reaching out to others. So, I trust that's... uh, both an encouragement and a challenge uh, to us all this evening. We're going to close with uh, a hymn.